0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, mercifully, the Predators' Western Conference road trip is about to end. Can they finish the trip on a high note tonight against the Winnipeg Jets? We'll talk about what needs to happen for that to happen. Plus, do the Predators have buyer's remorse? A national writer is raising that question and causing some debate in Smashville We'll dive in today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast
1: on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
0: every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Predators podcast your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, want to start out with a special shout out to our loyal Lockdown Pred heads out there, the everydayers who tune into every single show. We love you guys. We appreciate, I can't talk this morning, appreciate the support you give us week in and week out. I'll sip some water uh, when my partner in crime starts talking.
1: Hey, y'all. I'm Ann Kimmel. I am a writer at the Hockey News. And he is Nick Morgan. He is a writer at Penalty Box Radio. Thank you so much. (laughs) Uh,
0: It's that morning. Yeah. uh, I must be a Nashville Predator on a Western Conference road trip this morning uh, from how much I've stumbled. Uh, Yeah, the Nashville Predators uh, have not had a good time. Uh, during their two week romp on uh, um, in through western canada uh and washington the yeah. state of washington um yeah. shout out to them uh but it all ends tonight against the winnipeg jets uh a game that i think the nashville predators uh want to win for as much as making a statement as they do to kind of stop the bleeding uh, uh In the standings right now, and so yeah, and yeah, this this seems to be important for a number of reasons.
1: I feel like there is a big difference when you are the Nashville Predators in the situation that you are in with a rebuild, with a new roster, with a new coach, new systems, all of that kind of stuff. There is somehow a bigger difference between coming home one and four and two and three than just sixty minutes of hockey. Like it just feels different coming home two and three. And and it feels bigger than a one game difference for some reason. And and I don't know quite how to explain it. Um, I I think part of it is an Edmonton win counts for more than one, but you don't want to come home with that being your only win. Like you've got to finish strong. You know, you want to finish strong. And this is going to be a tougher game to finish strong, I think, than maybe I would have thought at the beginning of the season. But here we are.
0: Considering the, the Oilers team is now uh, second worst in the entire NHL, only ahead of the San Jose Sharks. Uh, maybe that win hits a little bit different, but I, I think any win over McDaniel. Anyway,
1: would. it's a moral victory. That's a moral victory. It's not necessarily statistically based, but it does feel good on a cellular
0: level. Yeah. To me, and it's just looking for for something positive yeah. to, to come home to because this has been a Nashville Predators road trip for me that has been defined by getting away from the way the Predators have wanted to play. Right. Um, you know, that the Edmonton win was, was perfect. Like, that was chef's kiss. You know, the Preds were playing the way, like, Andrew Burnett wants to play. A lot of shots on goal. A lot of offensive possession. A lot of second chance opportunities. Uh, and then that Calgary game was just sort of, and Andrew Burnett himself called it, one of the most disappointing games he, he's seen from the team this year in terms of effort, it, it was just a poor all around effort. It was, you know, they got that early lead, but never really looked comfortable with it. Calgary looked on the front foot the entire time. The Predators just kind of struggled to get out of their own way. And, and we've seen that a, a couple of games and yeah. uh, during this road trip that Vancouver won from a couple weeks ago, uh, that was certainly one. And I think the Nashville Predators, More so than maybe the result tonight, although the result would be huge. Right. Uh, More so than the result would just be, can we get back to playing how we were in some of those earlier games? You know, when we're when we're getting 33, 34, 35 shots on goal, when we're out shooting the other team when we had the bulk possession, when you look at sort of the micro stats and Philip Forsberg and Ryan O'Reilly have 70% of the expected goals for when they're on the ice uh, against whoever they're out there against, can we get back to that? And if we can get back to that, I I think the Nashville predators would consider that a good response. A win would be nice. Like they definitely need to find a way to steal the result Tonight in Winnipeg, especially against the Central Division team ahead of the Freds in the standings. But I think it starts with how they play. We yeah. need to see better effort tonight uh, than we did on Tuesday.
1: I agree with you mostly. I do think that this game definitely is going to be a lot about how do the Nashville Predators play? How do they respond after such an abysmal performance against Calgary? So what are they going to do? And can they get back to playing with more consistency? And we've seen them have games early in the season where they played well, where statistically, you know, they were doing the things Brunette wanted. They had the majority of puck possession. They were creating high danger chances. They were getting a lot of shots on goal. But we're kind of starting to edge into, you know, the the point in the season, you know, maybe 20 games in, which we're not there yet. But like I said, we're starting to edge into it where it's not going to feel as comforting to say, well, we got the win in other statistics. Like let's take that next step with this team and say, we got the win in the statistics, but let's get the win on the scoreboard. And so we've got to move towards that. So for me, this feels more important to get the win than maybe it did two weeks ago. But, you know, let's see what happens. I mean, I'm not saying that that, that we throw up our arms and, and we just quit um, if they don't get a win, but I do think it would feel like there's still forward momentum. Because we really, as fans, feel like this team maybe was just taking a step back in that Calgary game, like a way yeah. to step back. And fair.
0: And, uh, you know, they they are eventually going to need to figure out how to turn right. some of these good performances into consistent results on the score sheet. I agree with you there. Yeah. Um, and against the Winnipeg Jets, maybe this is a prime opportunity. Uh, for that to happen because the jets you know even though their record has been pretty good there's some holes uh, on the team mm. as well they're they're not a good penalty killing team uh, they're not the best defensive team this right. year. they have some holes on defense uh, the one thing they're really really good at is scoring one of the best offensive teams in the nhl uh, which is kind of backwards from Jets teams we've we've been used to talking about That's sort true. of the late 2010s. Uh, but you know, w- one of the most interesting things, Anne, um, in, in the Jets lineup, uh, Connor Hellebuck. Gosh, yeah. guy, the guy considered. Maybe, you know, one of the three best goalies in the entire NHL. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people say he's the best goalie in the Western Conference. People always have the debate between him and UC Soros. Um, not a great start this year. Only an 892 save percentage. Uh, a lot of Jets fans have noted that, you know, teams are scoring goals, that they're kind of used to seeing a hell of a stop. Right. Yes. And it's interesting. What do you make? Is this just a slow start for Hellebuck? Or is this him just kind of, you know, maybe, you know, may, maybe there's something else there?
1: I don't know, but it is, I think, definitely of note. I do think that this is something. I think Connor Hellebuck is a goaltender who is certainly above average. I I think of him very UC Saros, like where he is sort of an X factor. He hasn't been yet. And you talk about like You know, defensively, there are some holes. Is this, is that sort of revealing something or leaving Hellebook out to dry a little bit more? But in going back and watching some of their games, you notice exactly what you said. There are goals getting by Connor Hellebook that you're like, there is no way the Connor Hellebook I know is going to let that goal get through. So, I feel like it's something he's going to work himself out of, but it is really startling. It was really startling to see his statistics, because this is not at all what you expect from really one of the best goaltenders in the Western Conference for several seasons. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Uh, and if I if I was a betting man and I put money on it, uh, I would wager that Connor Halvick is going to uh start maybe turning things around here yes. sooner rather than later. Yeah. I think he's too good of a skill, too much of a skilled goal right. to, to yeah. kind of have this happen to him. Uh, what yeah. has happened to the Nashville Predators this road trip, though? Of course, the predators have not had success. What has been some of maybe the biggest issues keeping them? From having success on this road trip we're going to dive into that conversation in just one second but first I want to mention today's episode is brought to you by jace medical We spend a lot of time talking together, you guys and I. We get fired up on wins and losses, who starts, who sits. And I'm thankful for that connection we have. And today I want our chat to be a little more personal. Whether you're on extended travel, bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply chain shortage, you are covered, my friend. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical. Life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply, even ED generics for Cialis, Viagra, and other prescriptions. So go online right now at Jace Medical to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace, I am thankful for the service Supply chain issues forced me to cut pills in two in order to take it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend Jace for everyone. So if you or someone you love would love to get peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med. Go to chasemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your purchase. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, of course, Preds game tonight against the Winnipeg Jets will be the fifth and final of this road trip. Uh, The Predators have lost three of the previous four, including a bad performance uh, Tuesday night against the Calgary Flames. And I'm curious from your standpoint, when you go back and break down the previous four games, particularly the three losses, what's kind of been one of the negative things that have stood out to you maybe the most?
1: First of all, I want to say Vancouver's just a really good team right now. I don't know. I I think Vancouver's just that good right now. Seattle was a loss. One against Edmonton. Calgary, I don't know quite what to take away from that because it's very hard to gauge what in the world, what in the ever loving flagnog was happening with the Nashville Predators? But one of the things that I've seen that kind of makes me say, okay, a little bit more time may help this is it feels like when the Predators start to get flummoxed or get a little bit uncomfortable or feel a little bit unsuccessful playing Andrew Burnett's new style of play, it feels almost like they revert back to what they used to do. And, and it's one of those things I think everybody does in their life, you know, if something starts to feel uncomfortable, you just tend to subconsciously go back to what's familiar, even if what is familiar is not great. And it feels a little bit like Nashville has done that even in the losses, um, where it's one of those things where just stick it out. Like, you know, Vancouver was a really tough game. That's a tough team to beat. But it, it felt a little bit like there were little pockets of time where Nashville reverted out of what Brunette wanted them to do. And and so I think time will fix some of that when that becomes sort of their default play where they kind of erase the muscle memory of what they used to do. But that's been a little bit, you know, that's been one of those moments where, especially in Calgary, I'm like, yeah, you guys aren't doing what Brunette wants you to do. Uh, So that's been a little bit concerning, but I do think time is going to heal that. The other question that I hear people talking about is this line blender. And I think we need to address that because I don't think what we're seeing is Laviolette line blender, John Hines line blender. I think it's a different situation that fans are just going to have to kind of bear up under for a little bit longer. But I do think that some of the swapping affects building chemistry with lines as well.
0: I I agree. And I agree from Andrew Burnett's standpoint that you want to give people different looks and and he's talked about it. Uh, And and to be fair, the fourth line hasn't been the biggest issue for most of that. I mean, they were the one that scored uh, the best goal against Calgary the other night. Yeah. Uh, But I agree that I think that Andrew Burnett. Is probably going to want to kind of find a combination and stick with it. Mm -hmm. And I know that's going to maybe leave out somebody on the bottom. And I know like there's going to be a good player that, you know, deserves looks that maybe you can't necessarily find a place in the lineup for anymore. But that's just hockey. And you got to figure out, you know, a way to win. To me, and I look at the top line and I see Ryan O'Reilly and Philip Forsberg. They're clearly the one, two. Right. Who has been with them, uh, for this entire? It's been know, Gus Nyquist. Yeah, it's been Gus Nyquist. Mm-hmm. Before that, I think Cole Smith was up there for you know a game. Yuso Parsonen so started Parsons. out. Yeah, uh, up there, I, I think there was even you know a shuffled situation where Phil Tomasino for one game got some looks up there. Um, and it's just kind of been this, you know, sort of rotating. Colton Sissons was on there yeah. for, for one game. Um, and it's kind of been this like rotating sort of third guest, guest appearance. Yeah, like an SNL host or something <laughs> like that. And to me, that is the biggest thing mm-hmm. that I think Andrew Burnett really needs to buckle down and figure out. Who else is on that line? Yeah. Isn't like, do I feel enough with Nyquist there that there's solid chemistry there? Mm-hmm. Nyquist is a good player. I don't know if you know we have seen enough to kind of be like, yes, that's that's the trio, right? Right there. Uh, and, and Nyquist is a good player, it has good chemistry with Cody Glass, so maybe that'll shuffle again when Glass comes back. Um, the, the thing like you, so Parson, and they had such good chemistry from preseason all the way up to, you know, the first week and a half, right. uh, when Parson and started struggling a little bit, do you, and, you know, Parson has been struggling again. Do you maybe bite the bullet and say, look, you know, and Alex Doherty brought this up on Twitter the other day he made a good mm-hmm. point. You know, do you go back to what was working at the start of the year and be like, okay, like. It it ha- it's they you know Parson has struggled, but clearly this combination has chemistry. Clearly this was working early. Right. Do I need to keep these three together. Yeah. And maybe just let them work out some of the struggles themselves, and not really be reactive and pulling people or moving people up if I didn't like what I necessarily saw for one game. Do you put those three together and be like, this is the three that I want? Mm-hmm. On my top line, I need to give them a chance to kind of figure things out.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a double edged sword in a lot of ways, because I agree with what you're saying. At some point, you have to plug somebody in there and let them work their way up into being with Ryan O'Reilly and Philip Forsberg because here's what's real I think you can put most anybody on that line and for several games they're going to perform well because they're playing with Philip Forsberg and Ryan O'Reilly what is who is the player that you're going to plug in there that eventually is going to grow into the player that is good for Ryan O'Reilly and Philip Forsberg back and you do wonder, Uso Parsonen, does he need a little bit more time to just work through that to get to that point? Can he do that? Because you hate to see a young player moved around like that. You know, I think as yeah. fans, we hate to see it because we've been down this road before with Ellie Tolvin and we've been down this road with Phil Thomas. Like This feels bad to us. So I think it's a double-edged sword. The, the flip side of it is, you have to remember that Andrew Brunette um, is still getting to know everybody on the roster. This isn't like um, Peter Laviolette, where you know he knew what he had in his veteran players and was just trying to smoke out the skill set of of younger guys. I mean, Andrew Brunette is still learning who Philip Forsberg is and what he can do and what will mesh with that. So. There's an element of me that's like, we still have to be patient because this is a coach that's learning an entire roster. He's not just trying to smoke out the skill set of Sam Fagimo and Phil Tomasino. He's trying to learn everybody. But there is an element of at some point, And this is the time to do it. This is the season where you kind of can just let it ride because. Y'all expectations are what they are. This is a team that's not expected to make the playoffs. So if you're looking like, okay, this is a team that two seasons from now wants to be competitive. This is the season to let it roll. This yep. is a season to let you so Parson and skate up there and kind of figure out what he has. The other thing I will say about Andrew Brunette is he's pretty upfront about the fact that he did not go back and watch a lot of, last season he did not go back and watch a lot of the april games with these young players because he wanted to come in and form his own perception so i think those of us who have seen you parson and do you know what he did in in minnesota with the shoulder shrug we have one perception you yeah. know what i'm saying like we're like oh we know and andrew brunette sees him a lot more and has a different has come in for, with a different perspective not a bad one i don't think he's disgusted with you, so it at all. No, no, but, uh, you know, I think he's trying to rotate people through because he has to see more people. You know, he does still have to see what does Yakov Trenin do, you know, that kind of thing. It's a double-edged sword for me, but I do agree with you. This is the window in time for the Nashville Predators where some of this stuff you can let ride because you're not going to disappoint fans.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I think you, the Preds have to pick a direction. Yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah, maybe Andrew Burnett does need to kind of just see what he has uh, in some of these guys and make a decision and be like, look, I need to let it ride out. Yeah. Uh, an interesting concept is that the Predators maybe have some buyer's remorse. This was brought up by a national column, uh, national columnist in a recent article talking about the Predators and some of their big signings and whether or not they should regret them. We're going to break this down coming up in just one second.
1: First, I want to let you know this episode is brought to you by our great friends at Parkview Advance. As a business owner, you realize that there are just times where receivables might fall behind, but that doesn't mean you need to fall behind on vendor payments, payroll, or rent. For more than 25 years, Parkview Advance has helped businesses secure working capital from $5,000 to $1.5 million. Parkview Advance can approve your working capital in as little as 24 hours. It is a much easier process than you might imagine. We invite the many small business owners and entrepreneurs that are locked on NHL fans to learn more by calling Parkview Advance at 203-675-0071 or you can go to parkviewadvance.com. If your business needs working capital, call Parkview Advance today. Parkview Advance, helping businesses with their working capital. Again, check them out at parkviewadvance.com.
0: What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked on Devils here. And let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. All right, Anne, uh one of your colleagues at the Hot yeah, News, I mean. Adam Proto, good guy, good national writer. Great guy. Uh, well regarded. Came out with an article uh, the other day after the Preds-Flames game. Talking yeah. about, are the Preds and Flames dealing with buyers remorse? Uh, basically, the concept is that they spent a lot of money on players despite them not really moving uh, in a positive Direction and what he had to say uh about the Nashville Predators is that Philip Forsberg signed until 2030, mm-hmm. Ryan O'Reilly signed till 2027, Roman Yossi till 2028, and Ryan McDonough till 2026. Uh almost 29 million tied up. Uh, and basically he's just saying it's like, is that good enough? For a team like the Nashville Predators, who need to rebuild, and the quote he used here uh, was "rewarding mediocrity is not the way to be a bon- bona fide Stanley Cup contender." Trots now has to be honest about the organization's, and they'll almost assuredly have to pay a price they normally wouldn't be willing to pay. Basically, kind of insinuating to the Predators need to look at some of these big guys. And maybe shuffle some things up here.
1: First of all, I want to say love Adam. Uh, great writer, great guy. Disagree. <laughs> I yeah. disagree for a couple of reasons. I think I think it's very easy to say, hey you have signed too many guys, too many quote unquote big guys to quote unquote big contracts. And I think when you're talking about big contracts anymore in the NHL, you're not necessarily talking so much about money as you are about term. I feel like term has kind of become the the thing that people are more wary of. You know, I think people would pay a little more money for a shorter amount of time than they would for a long period of time. But what you have to remember is when you get players like Philip Forsberg, who is coming off of a 42-goal season, who is waiting for a contract. He was, what, 28 years old, I think, when that happened, 27, 28. When you are getting ready to offer guys who have sort of started to prove it to you, who you believe can be the the spinal cord of a team – One of the things that those players are going to want at that age, they're going to want term. You're looking at, you know, Philip Forsberg's wife involved in the music industry. They're not going to want to leave Nashville. You have players that have young children and wives and families that are, you know, rooted in a community. They're going to want term. And I think it's interesting to me because I think in a lot of ways term has become more valuable to players. And more of a hot potato to organizations. So, yes, I think eight years is a long time for Philip Forsberg. But do you want him or do you not?
0: You know? Yeah. That's, that was kind of the big thing Is well. And also when the Predators signed Forsberg, they were still kind of trying to build themselves up. They thought right. they had something and they needed to go one or two pieces. The thing about rebuilds, Anne, is that when we talked about this before the year, you still have to have people to build around. Uh, you can't just get rid of everybody, bring right. a bunch of randos in the locker room and say, okay, this is going to be like Keanu Reeves and the replacements here. Uh, you right, need right. to have at least some sort of foundation. You need like the concrete on the base of the house you're remodeling to stay there. Otherwise, you know, you have to dig everything up from the bottom and, and re pour the concrete and do everything over. And, and that takes much, much longer. And that's much more of shakier ground that I think the Predators are willing to be in. So you need the guys like Roman Yossi and Philip Forsberg to try to transition. And look, the cup is $90 million. Two guys with $9 million contracts uh, are not going to derail any right. sort of cap flexibility you have in the future. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, like maybe you can talk a little bit more about that one. But at the same time, we talk about how important he is for kind of changing the culture. And, and the other thing is, you're not paying him to be like, okay, this is we got him for eight million for eight years, and he's the guy that's going to lead us to the cup. Barry Trotz has been very clear about what O'Reilly's role is. Like, look, yeah, he's here. You know, he's a good player. He's going to be on our top line, but he's also here as an example. For the core of players that are going to hopefully be those eight year, eight million players. Let's go. The, guy, the guys that lead us to a Stanley Cup march five, six years from now. Hopefully, he's going to be just the guy that leads by example and trains those guys up. Uh, um, yeah. maybe the one thing I agree with and uh, is on. Oh, I, I can I know your, what you, feel mm. your glare. We talked about it as, it's just the Ryan McDonough contract itself. Ryan McDonough in the locker room, uh, great piece, great player on the ice. The Ryan McDonough contract that's the sore point for me because he's still got three years left on it, uh, at just under seven million. That is a big financial commitment,
1: but Worthy. Ryan McDonough, the
0: player. Great.
1: (laughs) No, I know it is. It is a big contract. I get that it's a big contract. But you know what? Sometimes you overpay for what you need. And here's what I will say. Ryan Patrick McDonough is he is who the Nashville Predators need, especially right now. They thought they were buying him to add. Uh, the, the He was kind of like one of the last puzzle pieces when when they signed this contract. Now we understand that Ryan Patrick is an edge piece of the puzzle. He is very important to this team. He is very important to a defensive core. When you look at, you know, you've got Alexander Carrier, Dante Favreau right now, but you also are bringing up players eventually like Spencer Stasny, Mark DelGaiso. You've got Tanner Mullendyke. You have some young defensive players in the pipeline, wouldn't you want to surround them with Roman Yossi and Ryan freaking Patrick freaking McDonough? Yes. Worth every penny. And I I agree with what you're saying about it's not all or nothing. When you were constructing a roster for a Stanley cup run, it's like the end of guardians of the galaxy. When star lore says, you know, we're going to do something good, do something bad. The answer is bit of both. Yeah. And that's how you build a Stanley Cup team. You've got to have a bit of both.
0: Yeah. I'm, I regret I'm,
1: I'm, nothing. I regret a couple of contracts, but not those. And yeah. not Ryan McDonough's.
0: Yeah. Uh, the contracts that I think the Predators probably regret most uh, are sort of no longer on the books. Are Unless the ones they're players still are no paying no longer. off. <laughs> they're, they're still paying them. They're still uh, paying but they're, still, them. they're sort of no longer on the books yeah uh, yeah interesting discussion uh we're interested to hear your thoughts on it let us know either comment on our youtube channel or tweet us at lo underscore predators and where can people find your work
1: you can find my work online at insidethepreds.com you can find me on twitter exit and k underscore mama on ice
0: you can find me at penleyboxradio.com or follow me on x at underscore NS Morgan. that's going to do it for us on today's locked on predators podcast thanks for making us your first listen of the day back tomorrow with preds jets recap see you then
1: hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music